We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have a very special guest from the Draft Network, Mr. Jordan Reed. Stop spying the podcast to talk about the Detroit Lions draft picks, all in episode 101 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 101. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Bet Online AG and Blue Chew. And for today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest. We got the two main suspects, as always. Malcolm and Peter, how you boys doing today? Woo! We're good. Still living that quarantine life. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, our special guest for us today, we had him back in December as the Lions season was still going on. We canceled our Lions versus Broncos preview. I remember this. And we're like, let's get some draft coverage in here because I think people care more about the draft now than the Lions and Broncos game week 16. So we have our very special guest, Blue Wire member, Jordan Reed. Jordan, how are you doing today, man? Hey, guys. Thank you guys for having me on once again. Yes, sir. So, Jordy, you know, last time we talked to you, the world was normal. We were doing everything that we were used to doing. Obviously, that was a long time ago. We are all in quarantine now. So, how you been holding up, you and your family? Everybody's been good, man. You know, just trying to stay safe in these elements. Uh, luckily, I can still do everything that I need to do from, you know, my computer desk. So, I, it hasn't really affected me much. But 
I'm happy to see things opening up a little bit, even though I'm still staying safe inside. I'm not a person that's going to risk. I don't want to be a test dummy to go out here and, you know, contract anything just because everybody's so bored in the house. But uh, I'm happy to see things getting a little bit better. But I've been staying safe by staying inside. That's awesome, bro. It's awesome. Yeah, that's good. So obviously, you know, you're known for your draft coverage. You're, you're one of the best in the business. So how different was this draft compared to like years previous, you know, where they're hosted at a city? Or I, I mean, I don't know if you actually go to the actual draft, but how, how, how different was it this year? Well, it was a bit different, especially some of the people that I talked to in the industry. And it's funny how you find positives out of some negatives. And a lot of scouts that I talked to, they really enjoyed the virtual reality aspect of or the virtual aspect of it, I should say. Just because you get to spend a little bit more time at the family as opposed to being locked into the facility, you know, 15 plus hours a day just having these draft debates. But you're making picks from home, your own Zoom. And, you know, whenever the Lions pick Jeffrey Okuda, you can celebrate with your son or your daughter in the background. So that was a little bit different experience. So I think there's some positives that really came out of some of the negatives that are going on. But as far as some negatives that did happen. Uh, with the draft that I thought was a little bit different. Uh, some, some some of the, I think, smaller school guys, I think, were affected by it. Some people that uh, had some red flags as well. We saw some teams would be a little bit more hesitant with guys of that nature just because they weren't able to collect some of the research on them. And, of course, team doctors weren't able to look at some of these guys that had red flags or a long list of injury history just because you don't want to buy damaged goods, especially if you're unable to research it a bit more. So, I think that's kind of a negative effect or something that was different about the entire experience. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned the Jeff Okuda pick, how we saw in the background Patricia was like high-fiving his kids, Bobcoin as well. So, you know, let's get right to that pick. What's your thoughts on the Jeff Okuda pick at pick number three for the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I liked it a lot, especially losing a top or upper echelon corner and Darius Slade shipping him off to the Eagles. And even though they did sign um, – I forgot the corner's name, but Desmond uh, the guy from, yeah, Desmond Trufant from the Falcons. Thank you guys for picking me up there. I had a brain fart. Uh, they still needed, they still had a need at cornerback, I think, and I think Akuda is a guy that can come come in right away uh, and pick up where Darius Slay left off. And that's not to say that he's going to be the type of impact of player that Darius Slay is going to be, but I think his upside is even better than what Slay brought to the table. And I think the world of Darius Slay, but I think Akuda coming through the door right now, I think he has tremendous upside, and it would surprise me if he ends up being one of the better cornerbacks in the league three or four years from now. So I was a big fan of the pick, but I understand exactly why Matt Patricia was high-fiving everybody that was in the room with him, just because all throughout his time in New England, they had an upper echelon corner. And even in New England, who he models his defense after, their top corner on the depth chart is Stephon Gilmore. And that's right. a player that, that has been mocked very previously to, to Jeffrey Okuda as far as people saying the type of upside that he has and just having that lockdown corner, especially being in the NFC North, a division that has some very talented receivers within the division. I think having a guy like Okuda at the top of the depth chart, I think it's a huge need. Yeah. So what do you think of the value? Did you like him at pick three or would you like think the Lions could have traded back potentially? Like was the value at three a good pick for Jeff Okuda? So if it were me, now, I wasn't exactly in the situation. I don't know the deal that came to Bob Quinn's desk or anything like that. But if it were me, I would have slid back a couple spots. And we don't know if the Dolphins or the Chargers were trying to trade up for Tua or Justin Herbert. We don't know that. But if it were me, I wouldn't have slid back probably further than the sixth overall pick just so I can ensure myself of one of these top echelon prospects, whether that was 
I know Isaiah Simmons wasn't a big scheme fit for the Lions, but let's just say they had interest in Simmons or Jeffrey Okuda. If it were me, I would have slid back a couple spots uh, to still get Okuda just because I think they could have got him at that fifth or even the sixth spot. So the Lions drafted Swift in the second round. Do you think his strength fit the Lions, what the Lions want to do? So this actually was a surprising pick to me, and nobody really pegged the Lions taking a running back super early. I'm not. Did it really surprise you guys? Them, them yeah. 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 It did them. I wanted him, but <laughs> I wanted a yeah. big, wanted a big time running backs, but it surprised. It took them left field. Yeah, definitely. Especially, I think they have some confidence in carry on, but I don't, just his injury history, even going back to Auburn, I think that does give them a little bit of pause. And I think they could have upgraded tremendously from both Scarborough. I just don't think he's enough for echelon starter in the league, but Bringing a guy like DeAndre Swift, man, I think he's a perfect fit for Matthew Stafford just because we know how much he likes to incorporate the running back in the overall passing game. And I think that's where he's going to have his biggest impact as a rookie. And he's still going to be fine as a rusher. But I think you're going to see his best abilities with his pass catching ability out of the backfield. And that's why he got so many comparisons to Alvin Kamara. A free draft just because Alvin Kamara, he, he's a hellified between the tackles runner, but where he really becomes a lethal weapon is in the passing game with Drew Brees. And I think with Matthew Stafford incorporating the running back so much in their offense, I think they needed that ultimate weapon. And I think Swift can be that. The ultimate weapon. You guys heard him? The ultimate <laughs> weapon. That's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah. So, so Jordan, um, you said it surprised you. Would you expect Detroit to do at this spot? And did you agree with the DeAndre Swift pick for the Lions here? Oh, I was completely fine with the guys. And I'm never a person that's going to turn down a value or a per or the taking the best player available approach over filling a need. Now I thought they were going to go defensive line there, specifically edge rusher. And I don't really remember who was on the board at that point, but uh, I thought they probably would address edge a little bit earlier than what they did, even though they took a core, uh, I believe it was in the third round. I thought they were going to go edge rusher in the second round. Uh, so I thought they would have went edge rusher there, but when they took swift and when I thought about it, I was like, man, that pick makes a lot of sense just because, don't reach on a need whenever you have the best player available on your board. And I think Swift definitely was for that. That makes a lot of sense. It makes sense. Okay. Um, so like we talked about last time, the Lions, like those big bulky guys, not as athletic, but they went a different route here. They added a speed rusher off the edge. Julian Oak Pearl, what are your thoughts on that pick? You know, the more that I thought about it, I'm really mad that I didn't project this more in mock drafts just because I think with his brother already being there and then with him battling some consistency struggles at Notre Dame, I think that was probably their line of thinking with taking him in the third round just because when you have that player already in your back pocket that you're familiar with and his brother really to catch him up to speed. And if you think about just the environment and impact of everything on the rookies right now, the virtual aspect of it, him not getting those on the field reps, I think they were a little right. bit more comfortable taking him there just because his brother is there. He has that buddy already beside him to help him and welcome him in that scheme. So he can share some secrets with the scheme that he already knows, as well as some pass rushing things that he wants to teach his brother. So the more I thought about it, I thought the pick made a ton of sense and I was completely fine with it. Um, yeah. Did you think like if he didn't get hurt, he would have been a first round pick? Because there was a lot of people like saying that. Uh, I wouldn't say first round pick. I think he probably would have went top top 50. I think that's fair to say just because it's, it, he's been so inconsistent. Now, he already has the pass rushing dynamic down already. That's the thing about Okora. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a day one ready pass rusher. That's what you're going to notice about him. But he has so much to clean up as a run defender. I think that's what's, right. that's going to be his biggest uphill battle, especially as a rookie. He needs to gain a little bit of weight. 
He reminds you a little bit of Leonard Floyd coming out of Georgia. Now, he's not quite as explosive, but as far as the body type and what he can contribute as a day one guy, I think he's very similar to Floyd. But just from a run game, a run defense aspect, I think that's what he has to clean up and work on the most. Okay. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you're wrong. Our exclusive partners, Bet Online, still have hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. With their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day, all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE and join today and receive your welcome bonus. Build online, your online waging solutions. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to a whole nother level. They got the same ingredients as in Viagra and the Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work even faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Bluetooth Online Precision is free of cost and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in a discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you. Visit Bluetooth.com and get your first order for free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHU.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Yep. So the third and fourth round, Detroit, another third round pick from the Darius Slay trade. They added two straight guards in a row. They added Jonah Jackson from Ohio State, and they added Logan Stenberg from Kentucky. What are your thoughts on these guys, and where do you see them as a day one impact or you know development pieces? What do you see what these guys do? I love both players coming out. Now, I think Jonah Jackson is probably a little bit more ready than what Logan Stenberg is coming out, in my opinion. I think he's a little bit more polished. I liked him a lot. And if you just think about his career, he was very good at Rutgers when he was there. Then his last year, when he transferred to Ohio State, started 14 straight games. Uh, he was named, I believe, a team captain right away when he was when he arrived on campus. So that just goes to show you the respect that he got amongst his teammates. So I'm a big fan of Jonah Jackson. I think he's very athletic, even though he didn't test overly well at the combine. I think he plays much more athletic than what he showed at the combine. And then Logan Stenberg, man, excuse my language, but he's just an ass kicker. That's the first <laughs> thing that you notice about him. He That's loves to about. finish. He loves to finish people. That's what you notice about him. And I think he led the nation last year in unsportsmanlike fouls just because he plays through the whistle so much. And he's going to get some holding calls here and there. That's what you're going to notice about him just because he doesn't let the whistle stop him from playing. But you love that from an offensive lineman just because you can't teach a player to play physical, but you can get a player to tone it down a little bit. And I think that's something they're going to have to do with Stenberg. But I love this film, man. He loves demolishing people. Okay. Would you say he's kind of like his attitude is kind of like incognito, not like at that level, but is like his attitude sort of similar to Richie Incognito? It's funny you say that. That's the first person that actually came to mind when I was when I was studying him. Now, I don't know if the upside or if he will have the career longevity that Incognito does, but just the type of mentality that he brings to the field as far as an on-the-field standpoint, I think he brings a similar type of presence 
and tone as Incognito does. Okay. So the Detroit Lions, they drafted a wide receiver. They got they drafted Cephas. Do you think he could be successful in the NFL? And who do you compare him to? Yeah, I think he can be. Now, he has some off-the-field red flags that he had to deal with, uh, some off-the-field stuff uh, that I think he had cleaned up during the latter years at Wisconsin. But, I mean, he didn't run overly well at the combine. I think he ran like 4.62 or something like that. But on film, he plays much faster uh, than what he tested at. Very reliable hands, very good route runner as well. So um, I don't know if an exact comparison I have for him, but uh, I like what he can bring to the table. Now, he's not going to be a guy you depend on as far as the top of the depth chart, but somebody that can round out your wide receiver core, I think he definitely can contribute in that way. Okay. Could you uh, see him like playing a big slot like in the future? Like right now they have Amendola maybe next year play that big slot role. Could you see that for him? or? Yeah, I think so, just because I don't think he has the speed to consistently win on the outside as far as vertically. So with him being a much better route runner, I think he's better suited on the inside just because he can create those mismatches, mismatches excuse me, against some of those nickel guys. And then whenever teams have linebackers matched up on him, I think he's a guy you can scheme open and take advantage of those mismatches. Definitely. Right. I agree with that. Um, so the Lions, uh, they added uh, back in Jason Huntley. I tried to find some tape on him. There wasn't much on him. What are like? Do you know anything about Huntley? Or what are your thoughts on him? I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know a whole bunch about Huntley, and I don't want to tell you guys the wrong thing. Whenever you get into these late round guys, man, you don't really. It's really hard to find film, and you don't really know a whole bunch about him. So I didn't study Huntley enough. I didn't even include him in my draft guide, so I don't really know a whole bunch about him, and I don't want to give you guys a false impression or have okay. the wrong words out there about him. That's, That's fair enough. Respect that. Thanks. That's fair enough. <laughs> So the Lions at this point finally addressed the interior defensive line and is arguably the biggest need of the team before the draft. So they got John Pennesini from Utah and they get Jason Cornell from Ohio State. First of all, what do you think of those guys? And second of all, what do you think of Detroit passing up a, like five rounds of you know grabbing an interior defensive lineman? I think that was one of the biggest surprises of the draft. I thought they really would address interior defensive line uh, much earlier than what they did. I was surprised they waited so late, but uh, maybe they just feel comfortable about some of the guys that they have along the interior. Uh, I was really excited to see them address. I think they went BPA throughout most of the draft, best player available, Jonah Jackson, Stenberg, even Cephas, I thought was best player, one of the best players available at the time. But I think Penasini and then Cornell, I think those are probably your depth guys. I think those right. are later on down the, down the line guys, and that's exactly what they were at their universities. And Penicini isn't a guy that comes to mind as far as when you think of that Utah defense, you're thinking of Bradley and I, you know, Lecky Fotu, Jalen Johnson, some of these other guys that they had in that talented defense. But I think Penicini definitely was a quiet glue guy that held everything together beside Lecky Fotu. So, I mean, if he gives you snaps as far as a third defensive tackle or even a fourth guy down the line, I think it's considered a win, especially in the sixth round. Okay. And I was going to say, did, did I miss something like the lines, like ignoring the interior defensive line? But you just said maybe they're just comfortable with the guys because it yeah. just seemed it just seemed like it was the biggest question to me why they never addressed it until that late. Yeah. And I mean, they might feel good. I believe they signed Danny Shelton in the offseason. So they bought him along as well. Maybe they feel good about him along the interior and then, you know, adding some other pieces along the line as well. Maybe they feel good about some of the guys that they bought in previously previously as well. Okay. Okay, so like speaking of that, so the Lions shifted like from Snacks, Devon Kennard, Slates, like Shelton, Okwara, Chufan, Nakuda. Do you think that will make them a better team? Because they didn't really like like necessarily like like upgraded a lot of spots, but they like um, replaced them. They replaced players. Yeah. Do you think that will help them? 
I think they're still, and it's crazy to say this, especially with Patricia and Quinn being in a make-or-break year, I still think the roster is a year away, especially defensively, honestly, just because we saw how bad this defense was a year ago, man. There was so much miscommunication, so much misconceptions up front, and then on the second level, I still think they have some question marks, even though they did bring in Jamie Collins. Uh, Jared Davis is just a guy, I just think he just looks so confused at times. Things are just moving a little bit too fast for him. And I thought he would be a little bit further along than what he was at this point. But they just have so many question marks on that second level. I think they're solid along the interior, even though they lost some important guys. Sean Robinson was the guy I was a big fan of. I thought he did a lot uh, for what he was asked to do in that scheme. But, of course, uh, they lost him in free agency. But, I mean, you bring in a guy like Danny Shelton, who I think isn't ever going to give you a high sack totals, but as far as holding down his gaps and doing what he's supposed to do in Matt Patricia's defense, that's exactly what he asked them to do. So I think he'll be fine. I think Akuda is going to be very interesting uh, just because he's going to have to play a boatload of snaps right away, and they're going to thrust him atop that depth chart as the number one guy. But I think they're completely fine at safety. I actually think the, the lines are loaded at safety. Uh, so I think that's the least of their worries. Okay. okay. If you were a GM – would you have done things differently and made like different moves? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, for me, of course, you want to bring in some more headlining guys, but I thought something that was really interesting that I think took a lot of balls for Bob Quinn to do uh, was to address the right tackle spot with Big V. I think that's something that was really interesting and. I want to get you guys' thoughts on that as well, just because I think that's a signing that probably came with a lot of criticism, just because he's a bit he's a bit unproven. But yeah. then you let go of a guy like Ricky Wagner, who we didn't have a great year last year, but you know he's probably going to be more consistent than what Big V is. And I know the cost was something that he was trying to avoid with Wagner, but I think he spent the same amount of money uh, that Wagner got uh, on his new deal. So I'm really interested to see how that does turn out, just because I think that's something that a lot of people are going to be paying very close attention to oh yeah that was definitely a question mark move and that's like i'm I'm still skeptical about that sign because you know we uh signed him up to a long-term deal you know years wise and money wise so yeah it's definitely gonna be interesting we lost graham glasgow one of our key guards so yeah i am uh skeptical because he's never you know had a very much starting opportunity so yeah i'm interested to see how that goes Definitely. I forgot all about Glasgow, man. He's a hell of a player. I was really surprised they let him go. All right. So how do you see this team competing? So their offense probably looks about set, but their defense maybe has a couple question marks. Do you think they could win the North? I wouldn't go that far. The North is, <laughs> the North is man, it, it's really tough. I think the Vikings are still going to, I think they're still a 9-1 team. Uh, the Vikings, I think the Packers are still going to be decent. Uh, I think their defense got a bit better. They still have Aaron Rodgers too. So I think they're probably going to be competing for third in that division, but at best, in my opinion, I just you guys know how I feel about the Lions. I yeah. wasn't a huge fan of Patricia uh, when they bought him in, just because the New England tree is just something that's just really hard to work with, and we haven't seen any of their assistants have success. But this is a big year for them, man. That defense has to come along, just because I think the offense is fine. I think the offense was fine last year, even when Stafford was healthy. I think they were rolling and Stafford was on his way to a career year, but then he had the back injury. But right. the defense, the thing that just makes you so frustrated about Patricia is that as a defensive minded head coach, you want your defense to be legit and you think the offense will be playing catch up and be one of the worst in the league. But it's really the flip flop of that. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things about the Lions. So we'll see what does happen. There's a lot of new moving parts. So it's probably going to get off to a slow start just because when you have so many new parts, especially up front and then in the secondary. I think there's going to be some series of struggles, but maybe they can 
create some chemistry down the back stretch, but it's just tough being in the North, man. And I know the Bears are still the Bears, and they still have Trubisky under center, but that defense, they're still vicious on that side of the ball, and they're always going to have a chance with that defense. So it's just going to be really hard for the Lions. Yeah. And my last question to you, Jordan, is now that we talked about the draft class, what you overall think of this draft class? Was this one of Bob Quinn's better drafts? Or I know it's still early. We haven't seen him on the field yet. But if you had to give it a grade, I know they're the most stupid thing ever. What would you grade this draft class? I think it was a solid B, in okay. my opinion. I love the Akuda pick. I love going BPA with Swift. I love the fit with Aquara. And then they took two shots in the dark, addressing the interior offensive line with Jonah Jackson, the guy I had in my top 75. I think he was like my 52nd or 53rd overall player on my big board, so I was a fan of him. I've already expressed my love about Stenberg, and then they took a chance on Cephas. He had some red flags coming out, but the talent is obviously there. So I think they got some guys that can play right away. We obviously know the top two guys are going to be asked to be instant impact type of guys in Akuda and Swift. I think Aquaro is going to be asked to play a heavy amount of reps, even though he may not start. I think he's going to play a, a boatload of reps just because I think he's only going to get better as the more experience he gets. We'll see what does happen with the Jackson and Stenberg dynamic. Uh, so we'll see what does happen, but I I definitely give it a solid B. Okay, I'll take the B. I'll take the B. That's what I gave it. So, all right, guys, that is a wrap to episode 101 of the Pride Podcast. Jordan, thank you again for joining us. Where could they find you on Twitter? I know you got a podcast as well. You can go ahead and plug that as well. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at jreidnfl. That's at J-R-E-I-D-N-F-L. You can also find my podcast, Locked on College Football. Uh, we're producing episodes pretty much daily over there so make sure to check that out we're on every single podcast platform but that's once again on twitter at j reed nfl that's at j-r-e-i-d nfl and jordan this is a like a question because i'm a fan of this podcast i haven't seen an episode since february what's going on with the josh and jordan podcast yeah so what happened was that uh, josh he had to take an unfortunate break just because he has some things that he's trying to figure out with the xfl unfortunately canceling so he's trying to find some job opportunities and then he's an entrepreneur as well he's got so much going on man as far as a clothesline and you know he, he's a professional video game player or something like that now so he's got a lot of stuff going on okay okay well that i, I will look forward to if the, hopefully that thing comes back one day because I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed that podcast so i appreciate it all right jordan appreciate you again i'm tyler and i'm signing out guys all right jordan thanks for coming on thank you guys Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.